It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. At the bye week, let's take a look at every position group on the Cincinnati Bengals and give out some grades. How are they doing so far? Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We are the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to look at a team that had very high expectations going into this season, still does, to be honest, and they've fallen short of those expectations before the bye week. And now, as we knew before the season, things appear to get harder with their schedule, but we're going to go position by position and look at where those grades come in. And for me, that's going to be based on expectation. We'll get into that. This episode of Locked On Bengals brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. We appreciate everybody who's new to the show. If you're new to the show and this is the first episode you've ever listened to on Locked On Bengals because it's after the bye week and you're ready to go for the rest of the season, make sure you look back into the recent history when we talked with Luana Rumo and Brian Callahan during the bye week, got their perspective on what's going on with the offense, what's going on with the defense, talked about some individual players, talked about some scheme with both of them, some really cool insight from both of the Bengals' lieutenants to Zach Taylor on the defense and offensive side of the football and Luana Rumo and Brian Callahan. So you don't want to miss those. If you did miss them, take the time, go back and listen to them. I thought they were both really great and insightful. But today, James, it's time to give out some grades. It's kind of that cheesy mid-season evaluation, even though it's not really mid-season. But it's a good way to think about what our expectations were for this Bengals team versus where they are so far. And it starts with the quarterback, who there were high MVP-level expectations for Joe Burrow. Fair to say he's not at that level right now. And there are reasons for that, right? He missed all of training camp again, and he's been dealing with this calf injury. Yeah, I think it stinks. It stinks that we entered this season and pre-July 27th, and we were talking about MVP, and I thought he was dialed in in the best shape of his career, and I test-wise that passed the, the test. I saw a practice and a half where he was just balling. And we've seen flashes of that, especially in Arizona at the beginning of Seattle, but it hasn't been to that level. So no one deserves, needs, desires, whatever you want to say, probably craved the buy more than Joe Burrow mentally and physically. And so I think he benefits from it as much as anyone. And so that said, if we're giving him a grade, I think the fair grade is incomplete, but the fact that he was able to battle through and play 
when no one thought he was playing against the Rams, like the Wednesday before that Monday night game, no one thought he was suiting up. Thursday, it was the same, and, and it slowly trended in the right direction. You had the Mike uh, Mike Brown cart ride at practice where people are saying he's, sh- he's shut down. And, like, it's been a wild six weeks. It, it, it has. And, and really three months when you go back to the original calf injury. But the fact that he hasn't played or hasn't not played and has been on the field, he deserves some credit for that, a lot of credit for that. And so his play hasn't been that MVP level, and that's where expectations are when he's healthy. That's where this coaching staff puts him in, and puts on him the responsibilities he has on this offense. So it, it's weird because he's a big reason why the offense has struggled and not been what we expected. And at the same time, I think he deserves credit for being out there, even though he's one of those reasons why. So this is a tricky grade. I think he's certainly not only passing – but maybe slightly above average, despite you know everything. And so I would say C plus, but that doesn't take into account a ton of the the injury stuff. Like if you just looked at the numbers, I, I would say like it's probably C minus. And then with the injury, I'm bumping it up to a C plus. And it's probably even higher than that, considering what he had to play through, and the fact that we didn't see any of Jake Browning in the first six games of the season, or at least any significant snaps for Jake Browning early on. I think he certainly deserves some credit for the injury, like you said. I'm going to be a little bit less generous. I, I know that he's been dealing with a lot, and so I don't compared- think that's generous. I don't think there's a player in the league that has gone through more than than Joe Burrow has gone through, and that's not just because it's locked on Bengals. I think it's that's a fact. Yeah, that's I, fine. I, really I, I think that just for me, it just is more of how he's played, and he hasn't played well. He's had flashes of playing well. And and he does like like you said like like you've made abundantly clear he's gone through a significant amount of pain to just stay on the field and be there with his guys. But the level of play for Joe Burrow compared to what we expect for Joe Burrow is like D plus C minus like like you said the C minus for the numbers or whatever. But just like the way he's playing, just missing throws, not on the same page with his guys, which isn't always his fault. The way the offense has struggled as a pass first offense that relies on Joe Burrow's ability. Some of that is on coaching as, as we've discussed and we talked with Brian Callahan about, but for, for like an average quarterback, if you're just saying like, where's Joe Burrow compared to other NFL quarterbacks, it's near the bottom statistically in a lot of meaningful numbers right now. He can't figure out the deep ball right now. It, it needs to be a lot better. So C minus D plus, like that's still where I am. I, I think that outside of, you know, the grade itself, which is harsh, if you say D plus, he, he does deserve a lot of, you know, moral victory credit for what he's been through. And I think that he'll bounce back. It's just for what he's done so far from, you know, interceptions that haven't come at good times to erratic accuracy to processing that, that hasn't been great. They've been limited on offense. A lot of that is the quarterback. I think that he'll be much better the rest of the way. I think that he will bounce back. I think we will see more of the Cincinnati Bengals offense that we're used to seeing. But it's not just Burrow. It is part of the thing, right? It's it's Burrow's not playing well. And and maybe that's a reason that it should be a little bit higher. And, and maybe that's a reason that your grade might be more accurate than mine is T. Higgins is not having the year that he's he's having maybe his worst year in the NFL so far. 
Irv Smith Jr. in the tight end position has not been productive. So it's not just Burrow, but I do think that C-plus feels, to me, it feels generous. To you, you know, if you're accounting for all the injury stuff, I think that's fine. I'm just not accounting for it, I guess, when I give the grade up. That's that PFF Jake well, analysis there, where it's I mean, just the numbers. I, it's it's I, like, I, you I'll know s- how, like, report cards used to have comments on them? Like, sure. be like I'm giving him the comment of, like, I understand, but let's be better kind of thing. Sure. It, it's To me, they would be, like, one in five with Jake Browning. And so, as bad as he's been at times, Burrow, yeah, he deserves like th- there's there's letter grades built in. Like instantly, it's like all right, well, it's still average because he Not lifts everybody F. up. But he lifts everybody up. Like I, I promise you, the defense would have been worse with Browning at quarterback. I promise you, T would have been worse. Jamar would have been worse. It's just, and that's not even Jake's fault. It's just, you know, it's not me going after the Jakes of the world. It's just what it is when you see nine out there versus not. It's just part of it, and that's why him playing on that in the Monday night game is is still wild to me, and I think mm-hmm. kind of gets overshadowed. So I do get it. He does have to be better. He'll tell you that. He may say that I'm being generous with his his play. I think that's part of why it's been so frustrating is because he can't and hasn't been able to physically do what he normally does. But we can both agree that they need him to play A-level in the, the final 11 games of the season, as many of those as possible. Like if, if we revisit this in 11 weeks, we need to be saying, oh, well, since the bye, Burrow is at a, a B-plus minimum, hopefully A-minus or better. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's going to be the interesting part as well as we uh, move forward. Because if it is in that A range we're talking about a team that's going to be a contender again. And, yeah, and if it's not, then then who knows? That's exactly what happened last year. Once they hit their stride, he was playing at a top level as well as we've seen him play. The other thing is if you're comparing Burrow this year to previous year Burrow, it's really, really hard to get an A, right? Because average Burrow the last two years has been A-level quarterbacking for the rest of the league. Falling short of expectations, though, I'd say compared to where we were preseason at three and three with the offense, one of the bottom units in the league, that's part of it. Let's continue on the offensive side of the ball coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, Vinny is going to give you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Falcons star receiver Drake London is showing why they invested such a high pick in him just a few years ago. Heating up. Had his first 100-yard game of the season in Week 6 against the Commanders. 15 receptions in Week 6 and 7 combined and starting to find his stride. He's a perfect target in DFS lineups, or maybe you need him to uh, to hold things down during bye weeks in your season-long leagues. Well, they play the Titans, Vikings, Cardinals before a week 11 bye. He's certainly someone that you can fire up in your lineups. And Vinny Iyer from Locked on Fantasy Football is going to help you win a fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit the same with your vehicle. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly from brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Kick your feet up, go to ebaymotors.com and check out everything that they have for your vehicle. Winter is here, or it's about to be here. That means you got to keep your ride dependable, running smoothly. eBay Motors is going to do that, and you're not going to have to leave your home. You can get those parts delivered right to you. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. James, before when we were talking about Joe Burrow, I mentioned that it's not just Burrow, and there are some extenuating circumstances as to why the Bengals' offensive numbers are what they are. We've talked about this a lot. There are a lot of things that need to be corrected. We talked about this with Brian Callahan. I, I think the next unit we can talk about is wide receiver, and this one's hard because uh, you know you you take the averages right. Like Chase gets an A for me. Tyler Boyd's probably like a C minus. He's not been quite as productive as you would expect from Tyler Boyd, but the flashes are there. He had a touchdown that that would have bumped it up. That was a race. And then T Higgins is probably like D right. He's had one game. He's been hurt, which, which doesn't help things, but not clearly what you would expect T. Higgins to be. You take the average of that. Where are you on wide receiver? Like B minus with Jamar Chase carrying a heavy part of that load. Jamar's been the best player on offense by far. So if you're doing a unit, he deserves a lot of credit for this offense overall. Yeah, it's it's rough. And obviously Jamar has been dominant at times, but the offense is just so inconsistent that you look at it I think a C might be generous for for these pass catchers because where we – or wide receivers, if we're just looking at wide receivers. For comparative to what we expected, mm-hmm. best trio in the league, right? Charlie Jones flashes some, gets hurt. Andre Yosevash has flashed. Love that. So you got something out of your rookie receivers. I think you would have taken that to start the year outside of the injury, which you can't help the, the fact that the guy had a, a broken thumb and needed surgery. But – Jamar has been dominant. He is off to the worst start of his career. Now, the reason it's not an F is because of the rib injury. I I think that certainly impacted him the other day. I hope he gets healthy. I hope he dominates over the final 11 and finishes with 1,200 plus yards. But who would have thought that T. Higgins would have 14 catches over the first six games for 149 yards? And I know he missed a game. So in five games, okay, that's less than three receptions a game. With eight of them in one game, right? yeah, yeah. In, in the two touchdowns against the Ravens, too. I mean, it's it's been outside of that game. It's been really, really rough for T. It, it, Boyd, it, it's everything looks good except the yards. And that's the part. 30 receptions on 41 targets you would take. I think that that's about right. You know, you have five receptions a game. The problem is 204 yards, 6.8 a, a, a reception. Uh, we're not talking about rushing yards, 6.8. I mean, that's closer to rushing yards. It's, and that's not just him. That's a product of what the offense has mm-hmm. been. Jamar is averaging 11 yards a catch. That, that's where Boyd should be. Jamar needs to be at 14 yards a catch. And that goes in line with the deep ball stuff, the downfield stuff. 
And so it's a, an offensive thing overall. But right now, the guy that leads them in yards per catch, it's Tanner Hudson with 12. That's unbelievable. And I know he's not a receiver, but we can segue into to tight end in a second. It's just, it's crazy. So I would actually put it C minus D plus. Cause it's just, it's really ugly right now. And I, I think it could change. And a lot of it is tied to burrow in Jamar is what's really helping. I, I would mm-hmm. say C minus let's go C minus. It's like a 78%, something like that. If, if you're talking about like a, a math test or 78% or so. 78% is a C plus in, in the current grading scale. I think it's 10% what? per grade, right? So oh, 80 to 89. I, I, when I was coming up, man, a B ended at I think eighty four. Eighty five, yeah, yeah, eighty four, eighty five. So that that's I'm I'm using the old grading scale. I don't yeah. know about this new school, new school grading scale. Seventy eight uh, was not good. I was very mad if I ever got a seventy eight, and so they, that's that's where I'm at with these receivers. They changed it on me going into high school. When I was in junior high, it was still the seven percent or whatever it was per grade. It was ninety three to one hundred was an A. And then they changed it in high school. And now I, I hear that it's like even bigger some places. Like the, the grade ranges for an A can be like 15%. Anyway, oh, we're not grading on a curve here. An 85 yeah. is an A? Oh, no, my like, God. It might even be a bigger range than that I, I've heard about. You better be right. Otherwise, the teachers that listen to this are going to crush you. I'm not saying yeah. in Cincinnati. I'm saying up here. I, I don't know oh. what it, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati. So if I have to go back to school, we go we go to Canada, baby. We go on that Vancouver Island. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Taking the ferry, going to college. Let's talk. Uh, let's Again. talk about the tight ends. This has been oh. probably the least productive unit on oh. the offense compared to the rest of the NFL. Yeah, they're not at the level they were last year, which wasn't wildly productive to be fair in the first place, but. Irv Smith Jr. hasn't gotten going, did miss some time with the with the, the hamstring injury. Thought he would at least be as productive as Hayden Hurst. It's not like that was asking a ton. Hayden Hurst, like we like we talked about, has had some clutch plays to this point in 2023, 2022. But Irv Smith in, in this tight end group, you know, the, the best of them has probably been Drew Sample's contributions as a blocker. And and when that's what you're talking about is the highlight of the unit, which you mentioned Tanner Hudson seems to need Tanner Hudson. Yep. Oh man, you're scraping. You're looking for something. Yeah, it's been this is an F. And and it's not to me, it is. And it's not a player thing because I actually Irv Smith Jr. has taken a ton of of heat. I think there's a spot for him. I think it fits. I don't think he's had a ton of opportunities. Now, why? It could be partially on him. But I think Mitch Wilcox and Drew Sample have done their job. Tanner Hudson has done his. And and I I, I still haven't totally waved the white flag on Irv Smith Jr. being productive this year. Like, I still see the vision. You just need the production to start now. You need something. Because we just went over the receivers. It's Jamar Chase and nothing. Mm-hmm. And while T. Higgins should figure it out, and Tyler Boyd should average more than six yards a catch, you, you can't just bank on that. I want to see something from the tight ends as well. And so... It's uh, it, it needs to happen, and it needs to happen soon. And so, maybe it's a D minus if you don't want to go failing. But it's just it's been a struggle from a production standpoint, and that doesn't mean there aren't good players in that room that have done what they've been asked. But you need more out of that position group as a whole. I think the reason that for me it wouldn't be an F is that they have like Drew Sample actually has been quite good as a blocker. There is sure. some value there, yep. but 
it's not the value that we're looking for. You you need more than one guy who's blocking well. Well, in, in your tight end room. With T hurt and and Burrow struck, like it would be nice if a tight end was like, "Hey, I can be a target for you, a reliable guy over the middle." Mm-hmm. And we just and we have not seen that for whatever reason. We have not seen. It's a position that they haven't invested in. They've wanted to in the draft. It didn't work out, and it's a position that we talked about quite a lot this yeah. off season. And, and Up it next, is what it is. Yeah, let's do some some a little more rapid fire. We'll have to speed it up a bit, yeah. but uh, we are going to get to the the rest of the grades. Spending a lot of time on the offense. Why? Because they've struggled. We'll get to the rest of the team and finish up the offense coming up next. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're looking to get into the action, there's no better place to check out than FanDuel, where new customers right now, you'll get a $200 bonus bet allowance guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose that $5 bet. And maybe you're looking at the Bengals' odds to make the playoffs. Maybe you don't believe this team will rebound. Maybe you do believe there's no way they're going to be like this for the rest of the season. They've dug themselves an early hole, but we've seen them do it before. And you see that you get favorable odds for the Bengals to make the playoffs this year. You can make that wager very easily with FanDuel. And if it's not that, there are a ton of betting options you can check out, including spreads, players, props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Today's show also brought to you by Streetside Brewery. Beer is all they make. Family owned and operated since 2016. We love all of our local sponsors and Streetside is no different. They are known for their New England IPAs. And with the weather turning a bit, it's getting a little cooler. There's nothing more comforting to me than a nice IPA. It'll warm you up. And it's not just IPAs. They have fruited sours, lagers, plenty of different beers. In fact, 24 different taps from full pints to four ounces. They have something for you. They're located in Columbia, Tusculum, near Lunkin Airport. And you can ask about street side and different bottle shops, bars, and restaurants all across Cincinnati, Dayton, and Columbus. So if you're coming to town in a few weeks for Bengals bills, guess what? You should get to street side. It's a short drive from downtown. Maybe you're Ubering because you stand at a hotel, check out street side. They're also going to have pregame tailgates each and every home game before each and every home game. So check them out. And as I always say, it's not the East side or the West side. The best side is street side. Got a couple more position groups here on offense to finish up. We haven't talked about the defense at all, as is tradition on Lockdown Bengals, an offense-driven podcast for an offense-driven team. Although maybe this year is defense-driven. We'll talk about that in just a second, but let's wrap up on offense. Let's finish up the skill positions here with running back, where it's another position we talked about a lot. And Mixon, I thought, started the year really well, I think in weeks five, uh, let's see, five and six, right? Those are, yeah, they've played six games. So weeks five and six, the finishing power that we saw from Joe Mixon in the first four games, we didn't see as much. I don't think he played Correct. poorly at any point. I think he's been pretty good this year, but the running game has really lacked explosion, which is something we talked about. The running game's efficiency in the passing game, sorry, the running back's efficiency in the passing game is, is significantly worse this year than last year in terms of 
it being a, a good answer for the Bengals last year. That's not all on the players, of course, but what what are we thinking here? Like C again? Like there's nothing that's blowing your socks off mm-hmm. at, at the running back position for the Bengals. Yeah, yeah I think Mixon certainly helps this grade. I think Travion's been solid in what they've asked him to do. And it's an incomplete after that. We haven't seen Chase Brown enough to give him a grade. I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Chris Evans is waiting on his first carry since Cleveland, I believe, unless I'm uh, not looking at this properly. Uh, it's it's crazy. So one thing, Joe Mixon averaging six and a half yards per uh, pass reception, mm-hmm. that close to Tyler Boyd 6.8, which puts Boyd's number in perspective to me more than anything. Yeah. But you're right, not as efficient in the passing game. I agree with you. I think Mixon hasn't been able to run as hard as powerful the past couple of weeks. And I just think he's going to to wear down if they don't find someone else in this backfield. Hopefully it's Chase Brown or maybe they look outside the organization. Maybe it's Travion Williams or Chris Evans. I don't care who it is. You just need someone to, to touch the ball, not name Joe Mixon in this backfield and be productive. I don't expect them to be explosive over the final 11 games. I would say C minus or so. It's just, it's a flawed running back room. And, and so, like, their best case would have been Mixon just being amazing, and I thought he was really good to start the year. It's tapering off a little bit. That can f- get fixed with the offensive line. Let's transition to the offensive line. I, I think that's part of it, too, is run-blocking-wise, they've left something to be desired. Pass-blocking-wise, I think they've been pretty good overall. They were tested early with a lot of tough matchups. They'll get tested again with the 49ers, of course, I think this offensive line's been all right. I, I would probably say, especially considering Burrow hasn't been able to move in some of these games, B minus is probably where I'm at. B, where the pass blocking is going to continue to get better. Kappa has certainly been much better the past couple of weeks, been awesome. And uh, I think Orlando Brown Jr. and company, they're going to continue to to play better and better. So I, I, w- I would give them a B, B minus. I think of it C for the offensive line, which again, maybe is harsh, but... I just think that you look at some of the great offensive lines, some of the good offensive lines, and then the Bengals offensive line, and they're not quite there. They're missing some juice. They're missing some athleticism. They're missing a little bit of consistency. There are some flaws really across the board. Uh, besides Alex Kappa, in his last two games, he has been much better, like you said, playing playing the best couple of games of, of the season. If, if they continue to trend in the right direction, I can see bumping this up, but I haven't seen – much that that would suggest to me that they're above average maybe compared to recent Bengals offensive lines are they're certainly a little bit better but uh some room to improve for that offensive line for sure and and i think they're capable of doing it we'll see if they can let's uh go from one trench position to the other and switch to the defense what do you think of this defensive front and, and what they've done obviously they've been better uh the past couple of weeks been able to heat up uh, opposing quarterbacks, Trey Hendrickson, Ballin. We know about the core four. We talked with Lou about that. Make sure you check out that interview. I, I think they're they're pretty good. They're not perfect, but I, I think they're a solid B. The tackling, I think, goes hand-in-hand hand with the defensive front a, a, as much as anything in the tackling issues. They've been better in recent weeks, so I would give them a solid B so far. For me, I'm actually a little bit higher on the – defensive line but that's because i'm weighing the starter so heavily because they've played so much i'm like maybe b plus a minus there we go optimistic jake yeah Trey hendrickson's been great dj reader hasn't been like 
TJ Reader in every single game this year, but we've seen it in the last couple of weeks. I have a lot of optimism that he's rounded into form. Sam Hubbard is again playing at a high level. BJ Hill has been splashy here and there. You know, it's another year where you want BJ to be a little bit more consistent early, but he seems to be finding his stride a little bit as well. So the, the starters have been great, and where it, it will come down a little bit for me is the backup interior. They've not gotten good play out of that position when DJ and BJ come off the field. Cam Sample, though, talked about him coming into the season. He has been pretty good and, and recently had a great game playing at, at you know, three-tech, the interior pass rusher. But also, he's just a solid player, so he helps. But the backups and the depth there is something that we're going to continue to scrutinize. Where you're not talking about backups and depth so much, at least so far, and, and hopefully it continues that way. Knock on wood is is linebacker, where mm-hmm. Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, there there have been some tackling issues for this entire defense, you could say. But I personally feel pretty good about the way those guys are playing, regardless of of what you might see if you look at the PFF grades, which are relatively low on those guys. I, I'm at a solid B plus again for the linebackers. I think they've been pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. I think they've been good and. The tackling part probably is is the thing that stands out. I just think they're part of that. And so I'd probably say B, but still really, really good. Uh, let, let's go to the cornerbacks where ooh-wee, they may have a couple young studs, young stars, Cam Taylor, Britt, DJ Turner, the second, both playing really, really well, I think. Uh, Cam Taylor, Britt has two interceptions the past couple of games. Uh, Juan Drago just doesn't give up receptions at all. So no one's going to catch it when he's in coverage. And Mike Hilton, his normal solid self, I think he's been better over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, Chidobe Awuzie in and out with uh, coming back from that ACL snap count and now dealing with a back issue. I think the corners have been really good. And, and so I would give them A minus, probably. Like I, I'm pretty confident in them, especially if Cheeto gets gets healthier. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish on what they've done. Yeah, I like what they've done too. I'm probably not there. I think I'm at a B. They've had some issues where they've gotten beaten. The ball hasn't been accurate. They've been bailed out by some bad quarterback play at times. But I would say this is trending in the right direction. I I really think that Cam Taylor-Britt's confidence has grown and and the team's confidence in him has grown this year. He's seen some of the most matchups against opposing teams, number ones, this year. And, of course, that matchup with DK Metcalf in week six was under the microscope in a big way. Love what we've seen from DJ Turner so far. I think Cheeto, when he's been on the field, when he's been healthy, has been fine for the most part. Needs to get healthy again to, to be to, so, so you feel good about the depth because they have been rotating him with DJ Turner. And then the the other one being Mike Hilton. Had, had a, honestly a rocky start to the year. Was, was very good in week six. I was very impressed with that interception. The tackling started to to come into form a little bit, but there were tackling issues for Mike Hilton where some of that wasn't his fault. There was was like a block in the back that wasn't called that led to a big play where he's crashed down on a screen. So that's part of it too. But um, again, bullish on these guys going forward. Just don't think they've been quite at that level so far. Happy to disagree Mm -hmm. there. Let's finish up with safety where it's tough because there's two guys and I'm, at an A minus for Dax, I've been very impressed with Dax. There have been some some flaws. 
that bring it off of the solid A. And then Nick Scott is probably, or like other safety position, which also includes some Jordan Battle, is probably like a C minus, where it just could be a little bit better. There, there's flashes and it's just really inconsistent. Yeah. Dax, Spider Man just came out. So, I mean, he's the Spider Man of the defense. I feel like they move him all over and he, he makes hits and plays. He's been a good tackler. And I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him grow because I think he could be really like, I was high on him just in general, like when they picked him. And now I wonder if I was low, like, like I should have been higher, like on his ceiling and, and not where it could be because I've, I've been impressed with him. Nick Scott is working through it. I think he's adjusted into his role in Luana Rumo's defense, Jordan battle as well. I think they'll figure it out overall. It's probably a, a B minus C plus C range, something like that, probably C to, to B minus and, and Dax helps elevate that overall though. I think you're pretty excited to see what you've seen from Dax, even if Nick Scott hasn't been what people had hoped. And uh, last but not least, Special teams, Special. Evan, McF- Evan McPherson, A, Cal Adamitis, A, Brad Robbins, D. D? Yeah. I think D. I'm, I, maybe maybe D plus because he's been a really good holder. I just no, come I, on. I think I, I think I think you've wanted more from him. What, what you know, you wanted more from him, and hopefully he figures it out because I really like him and I, I think he's talented. And it's just about consistency, I think, for Brad right now. He's shown flashes, but it, it's been inconsistent. I think I'm at a B for for Evan, for Evan McPherson. He he missed he's missed two of those fifty plus yard field goals. Three for five. I want to see that be five, oh four God. for five at least. I want him to be perfect. No, I want four, his four fifty five. yard field. Yeah, his, his like average, his career average for fifty plus yard field goals is. He was five for five last year. He was twelve for fourteen his rookie year, and this year he's three for five. Small sample okay. size. Would like it to be four for five to get the name. All right, you're really mad about that miss in Cleveland. No, it's you. it's the, the L.A. miss. You know, it gets real dramatic. He won them the game against the Rams. He was the yeah. best player on the field. Besides he also, Jabbar, he also missed one. Just saying, unbelievable. Your you, you kicker grades a, suck. You want an A? <laughs> PFF has blinders on certain grades. You, you are awful with kicker grades. It's okay. It's all right. He has been much better. Hasn't missed a kick from 40 to 49, which there was you where go. he, uh, that's like, what that's you were worried about tonight for his entire yeah. career. See, so he's getting better. Come credit, on. credit there. Four I like that they're five, taking yeah, more 50 plus yard field goals this year, though. They should. I, well, especially if the offense is struggling. Yeah, they're <laughs> you, not going for it. You kind of need to. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get coaching grades in. We no, talked to the sorry. coaches recently. The biggest thing for me is some of the fourth down decisions. We'll, we'll see if that improves or not. I think that they're very like game to game with that and like how things are going in the game in addition to the analytics. But we'd and, like to see and just the, and like just that. their struggles. Yeah, just their yeah. struggles. I mean, if Burrow's feeling, you know, it's really tough with the six games. We probably should add a disclaimer. It, I expect this team to feel much, much different moving forward. Doesn't mean they will beat San Fran, but I expect it to feel different in in Santa Clara when we're there. Yeah, I feel like I'm bullish on pretty much all these guys. So we just talked about. We just talked through all these units. Like, well, so far this, but I feel like this and and it's been mostly bullish and there's some spots we'll maybe talk about where they could be better maybe they bring in some some guys at the trade deadline maybe they don't but certainly something that we can talk about here this week 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals back in the building on Monday. Until then, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.